0: You know what? I have to say another thing besides film fans. Greetings, Earthlings. (laughs) Sure. Why not? How are you today, Carl Middleman? I'm doing well in Ven House. How are you? Well, it is the last of July. So we are
1: heading... Dog days of summer. We're over the hump. Dave Murray said that the hottest days are behind us until they aren't. We'll talk to our guest, Gary F. Bell from Stray Dog Theater, coming up about their new season. Then around minute 28, we'll talk Smokey Joe's Cafe. Around minute 36, we'll talk Stillwater. And then Alex will join us around minute 44, we'll talk Jungle Cruise. Then around one hour, The Green Knight. Around one hour and nine minutes, Woodstock 99. At one hour and 14 minutes, The Loneliest Whale. Around one hour and 17 minutes, Jolt. We'll talk Ted Lasso at one hour and 20 minutes, and then we'll reminisce about Jim Doyle at one hour and 28 minutes. And then around one hour and 32 minutes, we're all going out again, cautiously.
0: Well, one of the things that uh, we are going to be seeing Sound of Music at the Muni this week. No,
1: quit saying that. I am not seeing Sound of Music. I'm going to see Foo Fighters instead. If I see Sound of Music, I will sit in the free seats like I told Dylan last week. I will sit in the free seats to see a show that I don't get to see on opening night. So I'm going to be fighting Foo at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater that night. Well, it is going to usher in alpine
0: weather and the next evening I'm going to be on the lawn of the Tower Grove Abbey watching a play called Art that is going to be produced by Stray Dog Theater and joining us this morning is its artistic director Gary F. Bell. Good morning, Gary.
2: Good morning, both of you, Carl and Lynn. Good to be with you again. It's good to be with
0: you. We were talking before Christmas about holiday joy. And now we have real back to theater joy.
2: Yes. Yes, we do. Well, yes, in a way, you know, we're still handling, handling everything very carefully. We had planned back in like the spring when we were talking about what we would do, that we would have our first show outside on our beautiful Tower Grove. Abbey Lawn, which we're fortunate to have. Not all theater companies have the pleasure of choosing an outside venue. And of course with being outside does present challenges that are unique to its own self. One of them being weather. And as you've stated, we're having some amazingly cool weather next week for our opening. And if you think we've been watching all that very carefully, we've been watching all that very carefully (laughs) and um, Wonderful thing about that is sunset is at 8.05. So that's a nice thing. We figured that out back in the spring. So even if it is a bit hot, there's no sun bearing down on you. But we're going to have some, you might even need a little bit of a wrap. If it's 80 in a day, it might get, you know, kind of coolish if you're sitting out there. But we're happy to have that.
3: Well, and I'm with very the challenges,
2: excited. of course, we have, you know, the set, the lights, and all that has to be moved outside and Uh, props and wind and cars driving by and you know anything could occur but we feel like you know why not give it a shot give it a chance and there was a time period when things were looking better in our world health wise where we thought should we move it back inside but then we thought well we've already set it up this way and just to be safe let's just keep it outside well we're really glad that we stuck with it because again, we're in a position right now where we're going to be uh, much happier that we're outside because of the way things are going with the masks, mandates and of course, the unfortunate continued spread of the Delta virus. And we're wishing everyone the best and hopes through all those illnesses and sicknesses, but we're gonna do the best to keep everyone safe. So that's the plan and we're sticking to it. You could
1: have gambled very wrong.
2: (laughs) We could have gambled very wrong, but we tend to, we tend at Stray Dog to gamble very cautiously and think we're just going to go with, we'll just go with what we did. We don't want to be crazy. We'll see where things, things go. And there's a possibility, a slim possibility, that our October show might be outside as well. We're hoping that that's a warmish October, but we might have to do that one as well depending on how things progress.
0: Well, I'm excited about your season. I'm excited to see you back. Now, uh, last summer, uh, around this time, you did the pod version of Lobby right. Hero, which I enjoyed very much. And one of the the cast members of that, Jeremy Goldmeyer, is returning in art. Right. And if, if you haven't seen art, Carl, it's a wonderful play. I've seen it twice. And it is... Uh, a comedy that was on Broadway back in the late 90s, starring Victor Garber, Alan Alda.
1: And was it Alfred Molina? Jesus Christ and Hawkeye and Dr. Octopus.
2: Yep.
1: Yeah. And it was it
0: was uh, it won Tony Awards. It's very funny. It is about three friends who buy a piece of art together.
2: And not quite. And that's, one of them buys a yes, piece of art. Right. The one other of them. two <laughs> jump in and give their opinions on the piece of art.
0: Right. Uh, yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. So uh, you, I don't know if you want to uh, tell more about the plot. Yeah,
2: I, I, I can tell the basis of it. It's not a big secret. Um, uh, Steven Pyrick, who is also in Lobby Hero, is in this as well. Two of those okay. actors from Lobby Hero are in this show. Uh, we would have... I wanted to kind of match them three for three, but Abraham already was busy with another project, or he would have been in the show as well. I thought it might just be fun to bring the guys from Lobby Hero to do the show from Art, but he was uh, he was in another project. So we're unfortunately, unfortunately I'm happy to have uh, Jeremy, but we added Jeremy to that cast because what we're kind of doing right now, for safety's sake, is uh, you know finding people that we know we, just, we can't. There's no auditioning able to be done so we find we're just casting these earlier limited series shows with folks that we know plus they're Um, small yes the three shows that we're doing one of them's art and then we have blue orange and then who's holiday we chose them because of their limited cast size for the safety reasons uh there's three people in this show there's three people in the next show and there's one fabulous actress sarah polizzi in the flash show So this limited series was specifically chosen with the COVID possible restrictions in mind to keep as few people around and safe. But yes, the show basically is about one gentleman who buys a painting, a controversial painting, I'll just say that, and the other two folks are trying to go back and forth and decide, does this have any artistic merit value or does it not? So that's kind of the deal with what's going on. Uh, It's a quick hour and a half in and out, trim and slim but as Lynn said it's a Pulitzer Prize winning play it also has won the Tony and uh, many many awards so it should be fun to see absolutely
0: yes and these men uh, they live in New York and it was originally set in Paris And uh, they, uh, their friendship will be tested because of their opinions.
2: Yes. They go through discussions about art and then discuss their friendships and all all around this other fourth character in the show, which is the painting. The painting becomes its own character. So it's a fun show. A lot of people enjoy it a lot. Um, We're doing well with sales. All, All again, because I'm pretty sure we're outside. That's making people feel very comfortable, so... Well, I love
1: I love if you go to StrayDogTheater.org, you get all of the COVID guidelines. You said they updated the other day. And so you guys are in line and the show doesn't start to the fifth. So things might change in the city and county even before the play starts.
2: That's correct. And, you know, because we are part of the Missouri Art Safe and we're also in touch with the city and we got you have to get approval with your plan. And they signed off on all those good things. And then one of the promises is that if we need to update as we go along, we will. So our hopes are that people will be generous of spirit and kind of follow along with what we have. You know, we want well, we want to bring art back and to bring art back safely, we all have to kind of just follow the rules that we're offering. Now here's a, a little special thing that Lynn may know or may not know. But on uh, August 4th, when Lynn and is coming to see the show. Um, that's when the majority of the reviewers are coming, and we're kind of using you as a test. To we're going to have you all follow the rules and do the guidelines, so our volunteers can can, you know, make sure that it's safe for you all. But we know that we're going to get a lot of support from you folks because you reviewers are so supportive. That we're going to use you as our test guinea pigs on seating and safety and and uh, all how we do that. Like for example you know we can't seat parties unless they're complete because we want to make sure we take one group to one pod uh, like a restaurant yes yeah, a seating pod so you can't wait for your friends and we raise your hand and say come over here and walk willy-nilly um, if you go inside to the restroom you will have to wear a mask and you'll be guided to that bathroom and guided back outside and you know we just we have a, and we'll be there to 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 guarantee that all that is done well and safely for everybody um, so if I can put any words out there about the show is please be patient with all of us as we go uh, adventure on this new, go on this uh, adventure of this new way of producing theater outside, it's new to us. Um, I'm sure you can imagine it's new to actors having to be inside as to outside and how they need to be miked. And so there's a lot of new things uh, about this whole concept and let's not forget that many of us are kind of stressed out because of the year we just went through or year and a half and the fact that we're still in it. So there's a lot going on. We're going to ask for a lot of patience and grace and guidance as we walk through through, through this together. Walk, don't this, run. Walk, don't run. Another thing we had to do was not just have our regular volunteers. We had to actually hire people to be the same volunteers for the entire time through because the guidelines are so much more strict. Because you can't just stand there and hand out a program, which is an important job back in the day. But now we need them to help share the guidelines, know the guidelines, everyone has to be informed, they have to be very mobile in their movement. So we'll have the same three volunteers the entire time of the show. Um, So a lot of things had to be changed, you know, be different.
0: Well, that is great. It runs through August 21st. Now, is it going to be Thursday through Saturdays?
2: Yeah, it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday for three weeks. We are doing a Sunday also at 8 p.m. Because of course, it's a night show. We don't want to do a 2 p.m. on a Saturday. That'd be scary in August. So Mm -hmm. we have, of course, our our 10 shows all the way through the 21st. And then we have the 15th, which is a Sunday, all at 8 p.m. And we'd love for you all to come and join us.
0: Well, that'll be great. Now, the uh, Tower Grove Abbey is a beautiful building that you have put a great deal of care into over the years. And usually it is general admission and we are sitting in pews and it's very intimate experience and they hire really excellent craftsman and music director and thing like that, things like that. But this, I'm really looking forward to seeing it on the lawn because it is a beautiful space. So I think that will be fun. But when you say pods, you mean like the Shakespeare festival in St. Louis, Carl and I were each in a pod for That's that. Correct.
2: Yes. You have, you'll be in a pod with your group, uh, the folks that you have social distanced with. We have twos and fours. And uh, because we try to be very accommodating, many of our folks are single folks who come to the theater. They were like, "Do I have to buy a whole pod for myself for two seats if I'm using one?" We said, "No, you can be. We will give you a pod that's normally for two for the price of one ticket, and we'll remove that seat for you. Um, So it's doable. And we're trying to be as uh, as flexible and as accommodating with the different group sizes as we possibly can.
1: And a lot of people want to know if there will be food and beverages there because you guys have a full bar when you are inside you are going to have them but it's going to be a little modified
2: that's correct every we have canned cocktails we're going to have we think appropriate for the outside show in this summertime we're going to have some kind of ice treats like, you know, maybe some popsicles and things like that, which we can just basically put down on the table. You can put money down and then we can exchange that without having to open anything or stir anything. Uh, so we've, we have looked into everything that is possible that we could possibly touch anyone and made that be a non-issue.
1: Now, some places when they do this, some places are trying to be cashless and they're trying to be touch free. Are you guys still going to accept cash?
2: If we will, if, 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 if they, we would prefer for you not to bring cash. We prefer it to, to be a, a card or touch list and all those good things. If worst comes to worst, we will have our gloves on and we can make change for you. But we prefer for folks to remember to try to do everything as touchless as possible to support the safety and health. Another thing we're doing, all of our program is online. You can hit a scan button to read all about it. Um, so there's gonna be no passing of programs or things of that nature. We are going to have a show card, which is a small piece of a card that describes the show, which will be seated already on your seat. When you arrive, we'll put it there with gloves, put a little sticker on it so it doesn't fly away. You know, we have to think of multiple things that I think that people would be surprised you have to think about (laughs) to do this safely and not touch anyone and to be as far away from each other as possible. One of the downsides and sad difficulties is that, you know, after the show is finished, your friends can't stay and talk. You have to leave the show. You can't have moments to reflect and, like how we do Lynn sometimes, you know, in the lobby and chit chat, talk and support each other. That has to, everyone has to leave the show. And it is unfortunate, but I'd rather have that than not have theater.
0: Right. And uh, you are planning a full season in 2022, and that's on your website, too. And I'm very excited because you're going to do Good People, which is rarely done. Plus, you are doing A Little Night Music, one of my favorite Sondheim shows that is never done. And you're going to do the Putnam, the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which Carl, if you haven't seen it, you have I have to- seen it. Oh, it is so much fun. It's plus, fun. Plus, you're going to do a musical I've never heard of. But I know you have a penchant for things like Evil Dead. Right. And and uh, spoof, uh, especially Charles Bush's spoofs. And so this is called Triassic Park with a Q, Carl. Carl. Hmm. The musical
2: a <laughs> Q might be a, a Q might be a giveaway. <laughs> So Is it on make, a
1: certain avenue?
2: <laughs> no. <laughs> it might stand for a certain gender identification. Ah. Location. Yeah. There might be a giveaway.
0: <laughs> so so that's gonna be really fun. And then you're gonna announce something later. Well, I can oh.
2: I can give you the special announcement now. <gasps> Yay. right here. A, a big coup, a big break.
0: What we do you have? have
2: the rights to do the uh, new musical called Ride the Cyclone? which is a really fun musical about some kids that ride the cyclone and unfortunately have a tragic end. And then we visit them as they travel through hell and back again uh, on a journey. So again, one of our crazy musicals that we like to do, and it's a very unique musical. It uh, is very desirable to be done by all of the kind of, you know, Bohemian theater companies like ours. So we were researching that uh, license for quite a long time. So that should be a great, a lot
1: of fun. Ride the Cyclone, originally Canadian, was played in Off Broadway in 2016.
2: Well, look at you! You're absolutely right.
1: Click click click, click click. I can do clicking. Yeah. And yeah. I also
0: it, forgot to mention the Normal Heart, which is a yeah. fantastic Ugh. show, and it has been revived on Broadway to great acclaim. But I saw a fantastic production of it. Oh, I want to say 2013. I don't know. It was at Upstream, but it was a combination with when we still had the Hot City Theater. Right.
2: It was Hot City, but they were performing from that venue. Right. And
0: so it was. It, so I'm I'm really glad that you're bringing it back now because it's. I think it's very timely. It always is timely, and you will have a great cast now. This cast, besides Stephen Pyrek and Jeremy Goldmeyer, who are always. Excellent. Uh, They uh, will be joined by Ben Ritchie, another Uh, one of your regulars who I last saw in The Head of Gobbler and A Doll's House and The Crucible. He was wonderful in The Crucible as the uh, doubting... Uh, one of the doubters let's put it like that
2: yes he was wonderful yeah so Ben Ritchie is also extremely accomplished has worked with us you know numerous times especially in the classic pieces that we've done so we have top we have the the three top-notch guys that we could think of and as many of them more in St. Louis but we wanted to be assured that we had folks that could kind of deliver and, and take this a little bit by themselves as we had to focus on so many COVID things, you know, so you need folks who are going to really come through for you. And both those guys, again, Jeremy and, and uh, Stephen were in the Lobby Hero and then Ben was available to do this with us. Uh, so we're, we're excited for that.
0: Well, your next show in in October is blue orange and I'm not familiar with this but I ran into David Bosilek and he said he was in it so tell us about that
2: it is basically a real interesting story about a gentleman who is in the mental institution and he believes he's the son of Amin. and then there's two other um There's two other characters, a young doctor and an older doctor. And the older doctor's like, we need beds. We need to move this along. Let's say I think he's well and healthy. And we have a younger doctor who's like, I'm not thinking that's the best for him. So there's a lot of discussion over mental health, uh, how we handle folks in mental health institutions. Again, a show that's very relevant to today and some of the mental health issues that we're going through. So we thought that was an important show to share. And another um, small so, class,
1: another small cast.
2: Yes, three people, and so uh, we had this, you know, f- uh, drama uh, in the middle of two, surrounded by two comedies. Um, you know, we just thought it'd be nice to have something to, sh- to share with with that subject as well.
1: Daniel Kaluuya was in the British cast, and. Yep. I love him wow oh yeah yeah, big fan well your Christmas show is
0: always delightful it's always so (laughs) it's very unusual Carl it's not your standard it's a wonderful life and so you're going to have a connection to the who which are not the music group but the little people who inhabit Dr. Cindy Cindy Lou who yeah right yeah
2: uh, we, we have always decided that there's so much of the classic stuff at Christmas, which we love and think is great, but it's also nice sometimes to have something that's off the beaten track. So yeah. it's about Cindy Lou Who, and she's grown up. Her life has not turned out the way that she thought that it might. And so she tells us what happens after she's grown up, after her adventure and adventures with the Grinch. And it's all told in rhyme, just like the Dr. Seuss stories. And she's got a lot to say. Uh, she's a very big personality, I'll just say that. And hmm. Sarah Polizzi, who's going to be playing this character, also accomplished actress who has a lot of personality. So she it's going to be really a wonderful workout. So that would be super. And,
1: and just a reminder. What are you gonna do if children decide to show up for this very adult play?
2: We let them know ahead of time with a big M that's for mature audiences and kids are not allowed in our theater at a certain age anyway. And uh, as far as teenagers go, I always share with folks who ask me, you can do research on any play these days. We have all these fabulous electronic technological ways that you can find out and make a decision for yourself if you're younger. Uh, teens and and teen are, are, can come see this show that's that's really your parental job to figure that out um, but our shows in general are not for children overall so we do <laughs> yes. have we do have our after school programs where kids are, are are part of that and every now and then we will do a, a show that's good for kids and let folks know but Folks who know stray dog theater after twenty it. years know that we kind of air uh, on the side of adult programming.
1: Well, well, some sometimes people get confused. You might want to reach out to Taylor Momston from St. Louis <laughs> and who played Cindy Lou, who in the Ron Howard movie who has grown up into be a, a rock and roll singer in uh pretty reckless. She actually has lived this life where she was a wholesome little kid. And now she's a rock and roller. So she actually might be home at Christmas time.
2: she may she may be
0: yes. Oh Lordy. Uh, you mentioned outreach. I know you do after school programs with children, but you also have added, well, you have a charity component because you're always collecting food for out food outreach, food outreach. and 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 love food like outreach. That. But you also I'm gonna be volunteering there tomorrow morning. Also, you have uh, an older component. You have Silver, is it Silver Stage?
2: Silver Stage Senior Theater. That's right. And they were able to do their version of Julius Caesar um, on an audio recording for us that we presented as well during this pandemic time because that show got shut down uh, back in May as well. So we have things for seniors. We have our kids uh, stuff with our after school programs called Arts in Mind. Normally we have arts in reach, which is summer camps. Um, So we have a lot going on. So we do offer things for everyone of all ages at all times.
1: So I do have a question for you, Gary. You are directing art and you're directing Who's Holiday, but you're not directing Blue Orange. Correct. Is there a reason?
2: There's not a reason. Uh, The Associate Artistic Director Justin Bean and I, we split shows by season, we do. usually we have a six show season, we do three and three. And we usually uh, will direct the shows that we think speak to us best. Um, he actually uh, found this show, I had suggested it, he read it and researched it and thought he wanted to do that. So we kind of sit down and say, what do you think you want to do for the season? Justin tends to do the, most of the musicals, especially the ones that are more modern. I tend to do the ones that are a little bit more mature, I like to say, as opposed to old. Uh, like I'll do Guys and Dolls, I'll do Gypsy, I'll do my uh, like Funny Girl, and and those. And he airs on the side of Tommy and Spring Awakening, and uh, so and Evil Dead. He is younger than I am by. the, He's in his thirties. I'm 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 a young 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 fifty. So you know, same it, here. It, things things speak to us, you know, and so we work very closely together, as Lynn knows, and we find that we we decide what shows we just think would be the best for us. And it's really nice having someone to work off of and with. So.
1: And it doesn't burn you out. If, if- yeah.
2: Yep. Yep. Three shows. No, and and one, of his, one, of
0: his, one of his strengths is he usually uh, works with a, a lot of the tech and he picks the greatest music to use as bumpers oh. or a little, he always adds some really nifty touches,
2: yeah. I think. He's very talented and he's done something that Susie Orman says you should do when you have a job, which is make yourself indispensable and unfireable. Uh, Because he is a stage manager, he's a director, he is a wonderful technical director, he's a sound designer, he's our graphic artist, he helps all of us mature people who can't deal getting our our computers on or our mute mute buttons on. (laughs) He can figure all that out. So he is uh, definitely a full-time guy who does a lot of great things and a very good friend, a very good uh, person to work with. And um, the one downside is I rely on him so much that my friends say when he goes, you're going to be a complete unicorn, not knowing how to <laughs> do anything because you always have a problem you have Justin fix it for you which makes you very spoiled but he is extremely talented it's a there's no question about that excellent well the now, show well, the
0: last time i saw yeah i was just going to say the last time i saw you all was three tall women by yeah. edward Albee, and that was in uh the end of, of february oh, it was in february in two, 2020 doesn't that seem a lifetime ago doesn't
2: like a lifetime again now i'm working with three tall men <laughs> what were you going to say carl before i I was going (laughs) to say i
1: was i was just reminding people the show is art it's at stray dog theater it runs august 5th through the 21st with a special sunday performance on august 15th so it's running thursday through saturday go to straydogtheater.org for more information and you can buy tickets and it has their covid guidelines and it's going to be updated to the latest so if you say well i wonder if this is going to happen you can find out at the website
2: you
0: can indeed great and and one of the things if you want to read reviews of local regional professional theater our st louis theater circle posts our reviews on our facebook page so say for instance because now we're back at the theater so say for instance you want to say hey what are the critics saying about art go to that page wonderful
2: Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, Gary, for being on with Well, thank us you, again. Gary.
2: My pleasure. Break a leg. Thank you so much, and we'll see you out here on the lawn at the theater. Have a great day, guys. You too.
1: Thank Bye-bye. you, Gary. Bye.
2: Bye. Well, job, I Gary. am seeing tiny... Exactly.
0: Yeah, great. I am seeing tiny beautiful things tonight at the Grandel. Nice. So, And that has got Abraham Shaw in it, and Steli came on two weeks ago to talk about it so yes i will let you know how that is
1: all right and then what did you think i saw say it again
0: i was gonna say what you think of smoky joe's cafe
1: i thought okay here's what i thought of smoky joe's cafe i didn't realize it was a musical review i thought there'd be some side of story all these other jukebox music it's not a juice box musical it's a musical review there's no story there's just a people get up and they sing and that it's just the libra and solar songs which are fantastic by the way some of them are better than others and um it's just great and i love the fact that uh, at gaslight square there was a store called carl's
0: that's it's- right and um as a youth i was actually there not in gaslight square but i was at the downtown one
1: Nice. And what so, did, what did yeah, you think, Lynn?
0: I really enjoyed it because I it it is a review, and if you like a beefier story, you're going to be disappointed. However, I had seen it twice before, okay, and I will say that this production, the creative team, made great pains to give the story, give the songs vignettes to create characters, the nine singers i call them acting singers mm-hmm. the nine people that were assembled to present these songs were extremely talented vocally when the guy with the deep voice christopher no. Sands. oh my gosh
1: he's so fantastic
0: oh when he came out people were looking at each other around me like who is that guy? that's not for real and you knew that he... So when I was reading about him, he played Mufasa on Broadway. Yes. Well, okay. You He's got an tell. amazing bass. Right. And then Michael Gil... I mean, Michael Kilmore. Kilgore. This I, I always want to say Gilmore for Michael Kilgore. He was at Muni Magic in 2017, and he sang Home from the Wiz and brought the house down at the Sheldon. It was so beautiful. And it is online. He was in jesus christ superstar here he was one of the uh the guys he was anis
1: very a very very deep voice
0: (laughs) oh my god his rendition of i who have nothing to me was the best of all the
1: songs the other night i i love some of the songs some of them there that's the problem with doing these reviews uh some of them like one of the I'm not going to say which one, but one of the Elvis songs is so ingrained in your head that you can only hear Elvis. And it doesn't matter what a great job they're doing on stage. It just sounds a little off.
0: Yeah, well, I understand that. Uh, I personally I bristle a little bit at the sexist lyrics because it was that time it was the 50s. And so you have to take that into context. But I think the women did a great job, especially on a, I'm a woman, mm-hmm. and that's Tiffany Mann D Rossilio and or Rossili with an I. I keep wanting to add an O to her. And Haley Podchen, who was Dainty June in Gypsy a couple years ago, and she was the dance captain for this. And she and Michael Campino, you could tell they were the best dancers.
1: And, well, um, yeah. It, it's it's very interesting the fact that. Um, some people are not back to a full crowd yet. And you can tell that some people were uneasy being at the muni. And if you are not, uh, if you're not comfortable in crowds, you might not like the muni right now, especially now.
0: Well, um, there were people in masks, but there were people not in masks. And I was around regular people but i think the muni has streamlined everything so well like uh we have heard uh with the metal detectors you just zip you don't have to stop and let them search a purse and do a wand mm-hmm. That's, uh, that you, was
1: the biggest bottleneck all the time
0: oh yeah and when you go to the concession stand uh it's cashless and you get a receipt in your email mm-hmm. And so it's very zip zip zip.
1: That's that's good.
0: Yeah. So it it you know it is the muni it was nice to be back. Mike Isaacson was so gracious. They've started that Denny Endowment Fund for Denny Reagan and you can yes. read about that in your program. The program is online. You do get one. But the program is online. But I think there was a real joy for people to return. And the crowd was only almost 6,000. So it's not a full house.
1: But they said that the numbers are comparable to 2019. So it's not it's not more. It's not less. It's about the same what it was.
0: Yeah, well, it's an essential part of St. Louis summers. Now there are Easter eggs as Cody, as Kofi, what is wrong with me today? As Kofi said last week, when we talked to him, there are Easter eggs. And one of the noticeable ones is they have shopping bags from Sticks, Bear and Fuller, uh. which was fun. So mm-hmm. they have nods to St. Louis, but I thought the talent, assembled was excellent and the the guy directing the band who is on stage Mm -hmm. was fabulous oh yeah the music
1: the music was great
0: hamid and i am forgetting his last name Carl, help me out here, the the music director, but the choreographer, Josh Walden, he used Marsha Milgram Dodge's original concept, and she's the director of the show. She's directed it before in Chicago, and their local theater awards are called the Jefferson Awards in Chicago, Mm -hmm. and she won for directing Smokey Joe, so I think the set and the the whole creative aspect of it was very nice the video design i love that retro feel i love the vintage costumes i think it all came together to give us a real fun night and it's kind of maybe easing into it with the yes. music review
1: yeah it's that was that was good i i like that i just really there there were just some things that you know that weren't it was good. Um, they didn't finish their performance last night due to the storms that happened. And so I don't know if they're going to do rain checks or what happened, but they had to cancel the part of the show last night.
0: Oh, I wasn't thinking about that when it started raining. But yeah, yeah. Back in the saddle. Hmm. Well, Carl, moving on to movies this week, oh, Alex yes. McPherson, who is a n- the newest member of the St. Louis film critics. And he writes for my site. And recently he was added to screen rant. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's going to do features for them. He uh, saw two movies this week and he saw one we didn't see. So we're going to wait till he shows up. It's called green night. And, yes. uh, yeah, he might be texting me, but I cannot find my phone. <laughs> oh, oh my wow. God. <sighs> okay.
1: So, uh, let's... Music, the... all right. Go Abdul ahead. Hamid Royal is the music director.
0: Thank you. You're welcome. He was fabulous.
1: Yeah. The music is, I mean, the Muni, the... it's good to see the trees too. Yes, they have seven trees. All right. So let's 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 talk about the movie I didn't see. But people are saying that it is a tour de force in acting and it did well at con. It's called Stillwater and it's going to be all about Marky Mark. Or no, Matt Damon. Sorry.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Matt Damon. Okay, much is made about him playing a redneck. I don't get it. I mean, he's fine. He's fine. He's not going to win an Oscar. As much as we love Matt Damon, and he's being heavily touted for this.
1: He already has an Oscar, by the way, for writing.
0: I know, but this is not the performance that's going to get him an Oscar. He immerses himself into an unemployed oil rig worker in Stillwater, Oklahoma, who goes to France, Marseille, to be exact, because his daughter, Abigail Breslin, who he's estranged from, uh, her name is Allison. uh, She has been convicted of murdering her roommate and is in her fourth year of a nine-year sentence. And her grandmother raised her. Her grandmother, by the way, is Deanna Dunnigan, who won the Tony for August Osage County. Love it. Very prominent member of Steppenwolf Theater and she was the grandma in the visit.
1: Uh, Anyways, yes.
0: she plays the grandma here named Sharon and she has taken care of this girl her her um her life her daughter the mom committed suicide so okay. she's been that because the dad Bill Baker played by Matt Damon was a screw up and uh, got into trouble he actually served some time he was a big drinker hi alex we're talking right now about Stillwater. and uh you think much is made of this guy being from oklahoma and being a redneck but it's i mean it's not i i don't think that's as big is he a boston
1: redneck or does he sound like he's from oklahoma
0: no, he does sound like he's from Oklahoma. He has the. But, but also,
1: also he, Matt Damon never had a really Boston accent.
0: No, he he does immerse himself into this part. My issue, and I, it just pains me to say this because it's Tom McCarthy, who did the visitor and Station Agent, which are far better at fish-out-of-water stories, character studies about people that are brought together through fate. He has got four screenwriters credited on this movie, and he directed it. And I'm very disappointed in it because I think the trailer that is hawking this movie makes you think it's going to be like Liam Neeson (laughs) in Taken. trying to get yeah trying to get justice for her his daughter now these are both very flawed people and they are very dysfunctional and as the movie goes on you'll find out some things that you will not like about these people and i can't say what but this impacts how you view this movie and i thought we were going to have this redemption story because the dad's trying to make up for being a bad dad when the kid was little and when he goes over to france he befriends this little nine-year-old girl and her mom who's played by camille cote is her last name and our coteen coteen And she is a stage actress, single mom, and an activist. And she starts helping Matt Damon and becomes his interpreter. Then he moves in with them. And he gets a job and then they become lovers. So it's a late in life romance story, kind of a daddy do over because he's doing all these things with the little girl that he didn't do with his daughter. So we have that plot. And then we have the trying to overturn what the girl says is a wrongful conviction. And so he becomes the investigator on his own. And he has a language barrier, cultural barrier. There's all that. This movie is two hours and 20 minutes. Ew. It is like an extended episode of Law and Order. So you have that intensity. And then you have this... Uh, like, almost like Tender Mercies with Robert Duvall. With this okay, okay. redemptive. But... And I will say this, spoiler alert, there is no redemption. (laughs) Let's just put it like this. You're waiting there. So I think the whole audience the other night was expecting this story to go one way and it does not. And everybody sat there, I think in mild shock, like, oh, oh,
1: okay. Oh, that's it. Uh, well, Tom McCarthy wrote and directed Spotlight and won an Academy Award for it. Um, would it have been different if they would have gotten the Amanda Knox rights?
0: Yeah, I think this is a blatant ripoff of the Amanda Knox case in which to refresh people, uh, this student ex- uh, foreign exchange our student exchange she, she program was studying, abroad. In,
1: studying abroad
0: in Italy.
1: And And she did four years in prison for killing her roommate.
0: Her roommate winds up dead and she gets convicted, even though she's loudly proclaiming her innocence. And in 2015, the Italian Supreme Court overturned her conviction. So she is out now. um, I just think it takes so much from that without even attributing it. Or there's, there's nothing to say this is, but it's just one of the big stumbling blocks for me was Abigail Breslin. She lacks the emotional depth for this part and it's a, it it just demanded more than what she's capable of, I think. So you don't like her. (laughs) So these are people you don't like. So why should you invest? Anytime. Two hours and twenty minutes.
1: Well, then let's not invest any more time with it and go for the biggest movie of the weekend. And Alex is here. Hi, Alex.
3: Hello. <laughs> How are you guys doing? <laughs>
0: Good. Well, we look forward to hearing your take on uh, the Jungle Cruise, which I know you saw because mm-hmm. you I saw it me. too, and I did, and I saw it at home, and uh, so did Alex. Did you see it on the big screen,
1: Carl? No, I saw it. That was the, that was, I watched it before the Muni on Monday. I watched it before the Muni. So I want to, I'm going to start with something positive. It is the most fun I've ever had while being disappointed. Oh, I, I had fun. I, I, I said this a lot of times. Um, Dwayne, the rock Johnson elevates everything he's in. He brings it to another level. He is a fantastic actor say what you want about him the guy commits and the guy is good at what he does he knows his limitations and he knows what he can do and what he cannot do he is fantastic always you never see Dwayne Johnson give a subpar performance and if you have please let me know because I even tooth fairy he still gives a great performance in tooth fairy and Emily Blunt is Emily Blunt and this is silly <laughs> this movie is silly
0: well when you have a movie based on a disneyland ride at a theme park i think you have low expectations and i certainly did but the moment it started well besides that ancient setup
1: no, the cold there are two cold opens before they even show the name of the movie there are two cold opens one is for her and one is for him and it starts with her So you don't automatically get into the, hey, this is a Disney movie. So they that's smart. The fact that they start with her making it all Indiana Jones type is smart. And then you go into the, and if you've ever ridden the Jungle Cruise, uh, and, and I have friends that are skippers. They actually went to a screening with other Jungle Cruise skippers. And so the first 15 minutes of the movie, that last seven minutes of that Dwayne the Rock Johnson skipper that was magic and gold for them because they told all of those jokes that is the whole ride that is the experience of the jungle cruise at disneyland and disney world they did that very well
0: oh so those puns are real that's part of the the shtick that that
1: is
3: the yes that is that is
1: the Oh yeah, they get a whole list of jokes and they have to do them at certain parts, but they're also allowed to ad lib. And my friend, Jack Disney, Disney Plus right now is doing something called Behind the Attraction, just to of course plug this. And the first episode is Jungle Cruise. And my buddy Jack is in a B-roll being a jungle skipper. He's not a captain, they are skippers. And he is actually in the Disney Plus story that is on here right now. And then he saw it And then I have another friend, Matt, that was a Jungle Cruise skipper. They liked that first seven minutes. Now, the rest of the movie, I didn't ask them about because it's not fair because they work for Disney and I'm not going to ask them that. But uh, Max and I had an argument the other day. He says this is a derivative of four movies. I think it's derivative of five movies. We agreed um, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Romancing Mm -hmm. the Stone, The African Queen. uh, what was the other one? The mummy. No, not the mummy. Uh, lost the lost city of Z. Yeah.
0: The lost city of Z. No.
1: Well, uh, Al right. A
0: lo- wrath of God.
1: Uh, I also said Jungle Book because it's nothing but CGI animals. And here's the thing: we, the three of us, saw it on a television screen. I'm wondering if we would have seen it in IMAX and if we would have seen it in 3D. If the CGI would have worked better on a giant screen because on a small screen if you're getting it on Disney plus, it looks fake and Favreau's Jungle book was 10 times better in execution.
3: But I think it's so like cartoonish just from the very beginning and it's and its tone and characters is it's it a like, cartoon. I mean the CGI is not good really and there's a lot of noticeable green screen and stuff but it that didn't bother me very much watching it on my on a smaller screen at least but
1: but you just said it was bad you just said it was bad cgi and bad so it did bother you it
3: didn't it didn't detract from my enjoyment of the movie i would say it's noticeable but i still think the movie knows exactly what it is and you know i thought it was perfectly entertaining i enjoyed it i there are definitely problems all throughout it but i mean overall it delivers what I expected I I didn't have high expectations, admittedly, but I think for like a family adventure type movie it's it'll fit the bill perfectly. Yeah, well, this is
0: at the uh, this is right around the time of World War One, and it is a rickety riverboat going down the Amazon and Emily Blunt plays a botanist who is searching for this mythical cure all a plant called tears of the moon.
1: It's no, it's it's the fountain of youth that, you know, if they were in Florida, it'd be Ponce de Leon, but it's not. It's in South America.
0: Yeah. And it's uh, we we have mumbo jumbo about Spanish conquistadors and uh, mythical supernatural elements here. And we have a cartoon villain, like Alex said, it's very cartoony. That's
1: the other one. It's Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's right! Pirates of the Caribbean, very definitely Pirates, Pirates of the Caribbean of the Caribbean, especially it's with the whole Edgar story Bro-
1: from Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah,
0: especially with Edgar Ramirez. Now, uh, Emily brings along her brother, McGregor, played, and he's mm. very good in this. I thought Jack Whitehall, and it's one of the few mm. Disney characters that comes out during a discussion.
3: Now,
1: especially. do you think that was forced?
3: I don't think it necessarily, I mean, I'm always happy to see more inclusive. um, Representation. Yeah, representation. But I don't think that added much to the movie overall. It was kind of just thrown in there. Oh, by
1: the way, I'm gay. Okay. Uh, Right. First of all, in, in 1916, they would have never had that conversation.
0: I know that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, okay. And wearing a white suit in the jungle's a bit much. But now, you know what it would have
1: been better if they would have found him a boyfriend in the Amazon. But instead, no, he's still some foppy dandy that goes back to England. That doesn't it it the it's 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 shoehorned in just to be woke. And Disney and give Disney a lot of credit for always being pride friendly, but this just seemed gratuitous and it looks like it's asking for trouble where it didn't need to ask
3: for trouble. I mean, it made me sympathize with his character a little bit more because I found him really irritating throughout the whole movie. (laughs) Oh, he's he's gay, so it's okay. (laughs) But I mean, it adds it adds an additional layer to his character that I like. But oh, so it added some then.
0: (laughs) Right. Well, um, the best thing about the movie is the chemistry between Emily Blunt and Dwayne Johnson. And I do think that it is derivative of the African queen, Bogart and Hepburn, and also romancing the stone with Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner. But they have that snappy banter. And I think their chemistry is more platonic than romantic. I don't necessarily think the romance- That's
1: shoehorned in also
0: yes but i also um like she calls him skippy and he calls her pants and i think they do a little too many of those but Mm -hmm. they make that they elevate this movie as you said rock elevates everything but they well she's just Fantastic. Always just a ray of sunshine and uh, she's headstrong. And of course she plays a woman in a man's world. So we don't need no man. Yeah. And then, uh, but the two characters I had the most issues with were Jesse Plemons. Who's who's, who you you love. But I I, yeah, he's great, but he is the cartoonish German stereotypic maniacal villain.
1: They never mention that it's World War One. They never mention the Kaiser that he's out there to do this. They do kind of say, I'm here to win the war. But you realize there is a world war going on and he's not he's not he's not really doing this for his the country's benefit. It's more like he's doing it for himself.
0: Well, he's Prince Joachim, and I, I I, thought they did mention Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, I no. thought he was like a son of... Something. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. I thought he was a son. But the most offensive character is Paul Giamatti, who's hardly in it, <laughs> right. but he plays this... Italian greedy boss that has this over the top very demeaning accent.
1: But that's that's all part of the Jungle Cruise mythology and of uh, the harbor. All of that stuff at the harbor is there are so many easter eggs to the actual Jungle Cruise ride. Like if you re- if you read the manifest along with Emily Blunt, all of that stuff is very on brand to the Jungle Cruise.
0: Well the CGI very much bothered me especially the pet leopard and the bees the mechanical bees I thought it was I a was...
1: tiger <sighs> I think it's a leopard I It doesn't it know. doesn't matter <laughs> it's, it's some yeah. cat that's dumb that's an, that they make into a fifth character or a yeah, fourth character and, and, on the boat and it it's not done well Jungle Book is better CGI oh. than Jungle Cruise
0: Way better. But in the beginning, it starts, and I thought, oh, is this going to be animatronic, like the ride? Because it looks like the plants and the animals all look so fake that I could not get past that.
1: Well, this, and is, this maybe is a children's it, movie.
0: I know, but maybe. I, it well, does not detract much from my enjoyment. OK, Personally. well, maybe I was just cranky well, after well, Lynn, this
1: movie was made before the pandemic. They were re- set to release it. They did some test screenings. And the reason it is two hours long before the credits hit, it, yeah, it's more than two hours at, with credits, but it's two hours long. It would have been a lot shorter because the test audiences said more banter, less uh, Pirates of the Caribbean fighting. So yeah, what they that- did, they added more banter, but didn't cut out any of the rest of the stuff that wasn't any good.
0: <laughs> no, it just gets, it just gets bogged down with just your typical familiar action. The guy that directed it, he's, he's done a couple of Liam Neeson action movies, which are as generic as their titles, the commuter nonstop and run all night. And he knows how to blow things up and, he, he, move, he moves it along even though it's a long running but the um I don't necessarily think it's all that perfect for little kids because there are some dark and scary elements. There's a lot of
1: snakes which yes is gross. Oh, and it's it's uh, if you don't like snakes, you're not gonna like this. This has five screenwriters and story buys so this was written by committee and this is this has also been in turnaround forever. They were gonna make this movie in uh, 2011 with Tim and Tim, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen from Toy Story. They were going to have them do a buddy oh. comedy and it's just, they were talking about making this in 2004 from a long time. And some of the original stuff from the original things are in this movie. So they kept some stuff, but it was just really, really, it's it had a long time getting there and I don't think it uh, succeeds in all that it could succeed and I wanted to like it but as I said at the beginning it was one of the most fun times I enjoyed what it was while it was happening even though it's dumb and the visuals are bad I had a good time watching it and then it's only afterwards you go oh yeah that but Mm -hmm. while you're watching it It is really fun. It is a fun movie, which is what it's supposed to be. You know, it's a 10 minute boat ride that stretches out to two hours.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And a three hour tour. (laughs) It was kind of disappointing or I don't want to spoil too much, but it feels like Edgar Ramirez's character should have had more screen time because there is like pathos in his backstory. Mm -hmm. But there's no paper with, he, with Jesse Clemens. So it's and like And he only <laughs>
1: speaks in Spanish. They don't even give you subtitles. You're supposed to just well, extract no, his feelings.
3: Really? They I mean I had subtitles on just generally and I oh. and they had it for his dialogue, but
1: they, no, they didn't put them on. Oh. They didn't put the subtitles <laughs> oh. when he's speaking Spanish. That's strange. Very <laughs> Because then yeah. I would have, you're just supposed to sense the tone unless I was supposed to have the subtitles on because I actually did think about going back and putting the subtitles on to find out what he was saying. And sometimes they just say, speaking Spanish. But they they didn't do that. And I'm wondering if I would have liked his character more because right now he's just Bill Nye from Pirates.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's like that... That huge exposition dump about halfway through that has a lot of good character elements I like in it, that but twist, it just, it's though. all rushed through. That yeah.
1: twist is a good yeah. twist, but by, as you said, you're getting through it an hour and 15 minutes into the story. Mm-hmm. So, and, and it'd be better if there were clues to let you know all these things. Also, they could have just put Johnny Depp in one scene and this could have been just another Pirates movie. <laughs>
0: and they could have uh uh, that uh that reveal that twist changes a lot yes and 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 you're like oh oh okay
1: hey but Uh, that's smarter than this movie needs to be well yeah
0: so the two big ones we have some issues with some good points but uh alex saw one that i really wanted to see because david lowry is a rising visionary director. He did the movie A Ghost Story and he did them with Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. And he did Ain't Them Body Saints also with Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara and Ben Foster and Keith Carradine. And it it was uh, really sit up and take notice of who's this guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is back with the King Arthur legend in The Green Knight, starring one of our favorites, Dev Patel. So Alex got to see it the other night at Ronnie. So tell us about it.
3: Man, there's, there is so much to discuss. And I feel like it's a movie I need to watch several more times to fully appreciate all of its elements. But um, it's just a visual masterpiece. It's very hypnotic, extremely immersive. Lots of themes, um, lots of strange characters and an ambiguous conclusion that begs to be discussed. And you can have a variety of different interpretations of it. But yeah, as Lynn said, it's based on the late 14th century Arthurian legend called Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. It's a poem. And, uh, yeah. Um, so it's begins in Camelot and Dev Patel is Gwen. He's a warrior who's, he, he doesn't really have a clear purpose. He hasn't found his purpose that he wants to work toward really. And so he just spends his days kind of aimlessly wandering and drinking a lot and not really living up to the standards of his uncle, who his, who is King Arthur, he's a nephew to King Arthur, so mm-hmm. he's kind of born into privilege in that kind of way. gathering um, King Arthur and his wife uh, Guinevere, um, kind of draw attention to the fact that Gawain doesn't have like any stories to tell and be proud of, mm. and so he's thinking about that, and then this huge. Like, gritty Groot, like, character called the Green Knight shows up and he um, kind of proposes a game to like test the knight's honor in a way. So he's like, anyone who wants to can strike a blow against me as long as they agree to receive the same treatment in one year. And so Gawain sees this as an opportunity to prove himself and he he carelessly volunteers and promptly decapitates the green Knight, And so he's like, um, well, what do I do now? And then I guess I'll
1: be dead in a year.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And so, yeah. So as the year passes, he grows more and more kind of regretting his decision in a way, but he faces a lot of internal pressure because he wants to prove himself. But he also, um, is starting to doubt, like the principles of honor and knighthood himself. So the the second half of the movie is kind of his journey to the Green Chapel, where he's going to meet the Green Knight and complete his pact. And so it's kind of, he encounters a variety of strange entities like spirits and a fox companion and giant naked humans and other things that I won't spoil. But um they all require him to confront his ideals and his own mortality in the pursuit of becoming a legend and what he's willing to sacrifice Mm. and then you also get stuff about um nature's power over Mm. humanity because you kind of have the green knight symbolizing kind of the larger natural forces that um are ultimately superior to humans power, you know, that make I don't know if that makes much sense, but Mm
2: -hmm.
3: um so yeah, um it's not a movie that will spoon feed viewers what to think or how to feel. So I guess if you're expecting an action-packed medieval epic, you might not get the action part of that, but it's certainly (laughs) epic and ambitious in terms of the themes it covers and how much it asks of the viewer's intelligence and leaves the door wide open for people to interpret it in their own way. So I really like those kinds of movies personally. But even if people don't really care about the characters that much, the visuals are just so mesmerizing um, from the, the costuming that kind of uses colors to symbolize different ideals and things like that and lighting that evolves from kind of cozy interiors to like forest drenched in thick fog Um, and you have really tactile sound design that kind of grounds everything sort of in reality even as it gets increasingly ridiculous so it's it's like you have a weird i don't know just a really bizarre fusion of like the supernatural and like the lived in kind of feelings there and the score by daniel hart i think is his name it's, yeah, he's, he's done the other movies too yeah i mean it's it feels like it's designed for a horror film in a way at some point so it it establishes a really foreboding atmosphere um So, yeah, in terms of visuals, there's a lot to feast on. And um, also, of course, Dev Patel is really, really, really good. And it's kind of a subversive casting choice in a way for a story that's typically dominated by white men. Well, just like
1: he did with David Copperfield.
3: Yeah, which I, I still need to see that. Movie. Oh, so good, you good. Yeah. yeah, you would
0: you would really like it. Now, uh this bears no resemblance to Guy Ritchie's King Arthur legend does it? Uh, no. I, I from, mean I which, haven't thankfully. I haven't seen that admitted oh, to, but Oh. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just run run from that one. Mm-hmm. But uh who else is in this? Joel Edgerton,
3: what does he play? Um well, he plays a character that I don't want to go too in depth then, oh. but okay. he's a strange person that Gwen encounters late on his quest, and um, Alicia Alicia Vikander plays yes. um, Academy Wayne Award winner. Winner. winning. Yeah, yeah, she she's really good, in this as well. Um, plays, good cast. Yeah, Gwen's girlfriend. I'm um, kind of a, a lower class individual in Camelot, and then she. Well, I, I don't I also don't want to spoil how she's fully involved in this in the story but and then you also have it's um, a
1: 400 year old poem
3: yeah but I I mean okay I would say that it's important for people who want to see this movie to kind of be familiar with the poem and the characters before they go in because as I mentioned it's very ambiguous and I think sometimes it doesn't even tell you the character's names outright and it oh, really? kind of assumes i mean i might that might be incorrect but i feel like i really appreciated that i kind of knew who everyone was before i started watching I oh like,
1: and i lied it's a 700 year old poem.
3: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: well jungle cruise was a, was a 400 year story <laughs> There you go. So this is available in theaters. So the Green Knight is available in theaters, and it's at Plaza Frontenac, correct? And uh, is it? Yeah, uh, I saw I it, think, at Ronnie's.
3: Ronnie's. Okay, at so
0: it's at the Marcus, and also, um, is it at High Point?
3: I think it is coming to the high point. Yeah. Yeah. At the, at so
0: it, it started today. Jungle Cruise is in theaters, but also Premier Access on Disney Plus. So that is thirty dollars. And then Stillwater is in theaters only right now. So we have three movies that are available in local theaters, but the Disney one is also Disney Plus. Yes. So other than that, I saw two documentaries. One uh, premiered on uh, HBO Max last week called Woodstock 99 Peace, Love and Rage. And it is unfolds like a horror movie of the events that occurred during the festival in Rome, New York at an uh, at a closed Air Force base in very hot conditions and a lack of I many and very greedy vendors who were charging four dollars for water back in the day and uh a lot of angry young men. Let's just put it like that. So it is there were, the,
1: there were only three women, one per day.
0: I know, and it was Cheryl Crow, Jewel, and Alanis Morissette, which
1: so some of those women are angry. <laughs>
0: Well, so that was the time. It was right after Columbine. It was during the Y2K hysteria. It was uh, when the girls gone wild videos were were all the rage, and uh, the the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton scandal. And so the movie puts the socio-political things into context. Uh, they have talking heads, of course. They talk to the promoters. Michael Lang, the original Woodstock promoter, was on board, and so was John Shear. They blame MTV. Michael Lang says this could have been called MTV stock. This is when everybody, all hands on deck, were at, were at... Uh, this festival and then MTV pulled it they did have I think it was like $150 a ticket to go to this and they also had a pay-per-view and then they came out with a CD and a DVD but it really degenerated into violence and looting and fires and sexual Sexual
1: assault assault.
0: and injuries and one death and a lot of broken stuff and Uh, they told Fred Durst to calm the crowd down and he led Limp Biscuit in break stuff. So,
1: yeah, that's the name of a song.
0: I know, but I'm just saying.
1: But they could have played Nookie instead.
0: Well, they did, but that was another one. And then Red Hot Chili Peppers, they went to Anthony Kiedis and said, hey, the crowd, we got these fires and the crowd's going crazy. And they played Jimi Hendrix fire. (laughs) So. So that um,
1: was clever.
0: Well, uh, the damage was pretty extensive, but uh, this unfolds. So the talking heads are journalists and uh, musicians. Moby was horrified and he was in one of the alternatives that's where i guess they were having raves and stuff but he and his he and his uh, band pulled out pretty early like Mm -hmm. we gotta get away from this Uh, mtv wound up pulling all their people kurt loader has a lot to say but he also got really uh, criticized and uh dave helms from st louis who was a vj on mtv for five years and i'm sure Carl. Yeah, Dave Holmes, I'm sure you are well aware of his career. He is one of the talking heads. And then they have, uh, so they have musicians and journalists and people who were there, the firsthand accounts. So the director, Garrett Price, he has started this series on HBO called Music Box. And this is the first one, but this is a full documentary. It's an hour and 50 minutes. And It uh, this music box series is going to be on pivotal music events.
1: Right. And And this is the first they renewed it just based on this right after this aired on Friday night. They decided to renew it. So they're doing it right.
0: It's very well done. He, The director wanted to create like this h- horror story scenario, like all these kids are going for a weekend of debauchery. It actually was July 22nd to 25th, 1999. And they're all going for, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. And then it unfolds horribly. <laughs> so it has that aspect of being this cultural disaster and uh it's very interesting i thought it's very depressing and disturbing yeah.
1: but you know It was what it was, and it was not good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, another documentary that has been in theaters for quite some time, but now is available video on demand. I didn't ask for a, a link when it was in theaters, but they have been promoting it as a video on demand. And it is also on Paramount Plus, if you have that streaming service. It is called The Loneliest Whale, the Hunt for Fifty Two. Yeah, and they keep
1: sending me this, and I was not interested.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. It's fascinating. If you are, uh, if you like things about the ocean,
1: I and,
0: do. And uh, I enjoy that. It's uh, the perspective of this loneliest humpback whale. In 1989, a navy researcher heard this whale. And the frequency was 52 Hertz. And apparently other whales can't hear that, which is why this whale is called the loneliest whale because he's in isolation. Now, the last time anybody has heard this whale is 2003. So this guy, Josh Zeman, who directed this film, he goes on a search for this whale. Mm -hmm. And so the movie is about the search for the whale. Now he makes it kind of by himself and it's kind of disjointed, but I thought that whole concept was good. And last year, my octopus teacher won the Oscar for best documentary.
3: I, I don't know if it deserved to win. It was, yeah. it was, it was game. fine. Yeah.
1: But it yeah, did it not was, deserve to win. And cause Lynn's favorite documentary was not even nominated. So. Crip camp.
0: I, well, I think it was nominated. It just didn't win. Oh, but Collective, you and I love Collective. Yep. And so that's a hard
1: watch, though. Yeah. In in a year of covid, uh, I would I could see how people would rather do my octopus teacher than Collective. All right.
0: So the movie, if you care about whales as as these people do, you'll enjoy it. Now, if you don't care about whales, this might make you care about the people who care about whales. But it's just your typical you know sort of cousteau ish journey let's put it like that it's only an hour and 36 minutes but it is you can you can get it on any rental platform like google amazon redbox etc yeah i
3: think it sounds pretty
1: interesting but yeah but of all the movies that we could have seen last week like Jolt is on Amazon. I, I I think I'd rather see Jolt than I than watch the loneliest whale. But maybe not, maybe I'm wrong. Uh
0: you and Max are gonna talk about Jolt on Max on the movies on KTRS yes, he, now.
1: he saw it. I did not.
0: Well, I based on Max, I decided to give it a shot and I lasted 15 minutes. Really? Because I was like I didn't commit to reviewing this movie. I don't have to watch it.
1: Well, also he said he said he liked Gunpowder Milkshake better, and you did not care for Gunpowder Milkshake.
0: Well, it is a better movie. I was oh, Kate Beckinsale plays this woman with put it politely anger management issues. I mean, she has are,
1: a she has a disorder.
0: Yes, but it's whoa and uh stanley tucci's in it and after he showed up i i was just like i gotta i gotta no i gotta go
1: <laughs> it's, we're done with it
0: i was done she has to wear all these sense sensory things on it's like every to time she her has her
1: down yeah
0: right every anytime she has homicidal tendencies uh, she has to get zapped she but max said the first in,
1: in the flashbacks she has homicidal tendencies when she's six at a birthday party and it's just cartoony and not for children
0: no and her parents just as you can imagine have a hard time living with this kid talk about the bad seed so I gave it up I gave it up so uh, so alex have you seen it
3: no I've I've heard not good things about it, but it sounds sounds like it could maybe be good somehow. Still, hmm.
0: I'll give it a shot. But not true. Sure. Well, well, uh, Jay Courtney's in it, and I know Max and Carl do not like Jay
1: Courtney. No, no, that's not true. Jay, Cor- Jay, it's Jai, isn't it? Um,
0: yeah, I'm uh, gonna say Jay because that's pretentious. J A I.
1: And it, it, he didn't do that. His family did that. That's not can't blame the kids on what the parents did uh you can say that he's good in suicide squad and he has been in good if you just look at his big budget movies like the die hard that was just absolutely horrible with him in it yes he's horrible but i also hear that he does not uh, end up very well in this movie so
0: well, okay. I don't think many people do. That's one of the reasons I had to turn it up. They have a date in a restaurant and the poor waitress who argues with him about a nut allergy doesn't have, it doesn't end well. And this is the first 15 yep. minutes and I'm just like, no, I'm not <laughs> going to watch this. Just like after I watched Woodstock 99 last Friday evening, I decided that I would jump into the first season of Ted Lasso because Ted Lasso second season premiered on Apple and it's one episode every Friday. Yes. And I discovered what everybody is saying that this is a wonderfully a wonderfully done show, great acting, great writing. It is so positive and fun that it's like a jolt of joy. I was so glad that I watched this after Woodstock 99 and (laughs) I just couldn't stop. The characters are also well-developed. Jason Sudeikis plays a soccer coach from America who is hired by the owner of this London football club, which is, soccer over there and uh, basically she's going through a really horrible divorce from a very wealthy man who only cared about the soccer team and she wants to burn the team to the ground so she hires Ted Lasso now Jason Sudeikis is this guy from Kansas who is bluntly honest and always has words of wisdom and it's the corn pone advice and he treats people well and everybody gets on his side they expect to burn him and they expect to mock him well england does mock him they're always calling him wanker but people he wins over everybody in the strangest situations and it's just a character now he created this show also with bill lawrence who did scrubs and Cougar town. Yes. And, uh, there's another guy, the name escapes me, but he helped with how I met your mother.
1: Oh, um,
0: Oh, somebody else. And then Brendan hunt who plays his secondary coach is one of the characters. It has been nominated for a record 20 Emmy nominations for a freshman year comedy.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's based on a commercial that he did to promote soccer for NBC.
0: That's why they give that credit. And uh, he's just great. And you will love uh, if Alex, you're a fan of movies, Carl, you are too. He has all these cultural references to films he plays for the guys um they have movie night before an away game and they're all in this one room and uh previously these were all spoiled egotistical jocks who uh uh, didn't have time for each other and he gets them to bond and uh the rest is history well they're watching iron giant (laughs) Hmm. And Jason Sudeikis is doing some other stuff, and he just says to the other coach, "He goes, well, in seventy-four minutes, we're going to have some guys bawling like babies." And so, <laughs> and then they have a in the locker room, they have a discussion on Martin Scarsese movies, and and it's just really fun and light and so clever, and and I just. I was just like oh my god this is exactly what i needed and it was exactly what people say and i have not dug into season two yet but i'm hoping tonight they'll have two episodes now to watch
3: you No, know, i i need to watch it i can't believe i haven't seen it it's I know, on well, apple plus
0: okay. yeah now apple yeah. plus i know a lot of people are like well i don't have an apple phone now if you have verizon as your cell phone provider they are offering it for three months free streaming
3: do they have the trials for if you control? have
0: a new iphone or new ipad or device oh. you should be able to get it
1: they don't let um, people do that anymore oh, so really? they can't so they can't watch a whole series mm. and then cancel
0: <laughs> well now, a-
1: apple plus gives me their movies they don't give me their tv shows and i've asked because i saw wolf walkers and i've i saw billy yeah. eilish but i have not been able to see anything uh what was it big little lies no what's what was the pretty little what was the big um, little lies was on hbo pretty little things was on apple plus and the morning show i didn't get to see any of those
0: well i think apple plus is uh only like 4.99 a month i think it's worth getting okay Besides, you have that in the morning shows coming back. And that's Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston. I don't
1: think Reese Steve Carell's in with it very much, is it? Oh, it's mostly Aniston and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Steve Carell's the disgraced guy. And I don't think he's barely in it.
0: OK, well, it's more of the woman's story. And then Billy Crudup plays one of the ex-husbands and um yeah it's very interesting now it also has that docu-series 1971 the uh the Near the
1: change music
0: right and then it has the billy eilish
1: doc. i love that i i saw that movie it was really good
0: and the bill murray movie with rashida jones on the rocks oh, yeah.
1: i saw that one too I, I see their movies i just have not seen any of their series
0: so I think it's worth getting, but it's definitely worth seeing this because to me, this is the best show on TV and it's going to clean up at the awards. Four of the actors are nominated for uh supporting <laughs> parts, Wow for, for support, supporting. And they're just really fun. It's just like back when you used to watch a sitcom that was just so fun that, mm-hmm. that you just look forward to it. I don't know, back in the day, like cheers and, and things like that it just has that plus he's a fish out of water because he's in England love England you know so mm-hmm. well on uh dvd this week guys uh, we have our actually vid uh video on demand today in the heights begins so does f9 okay
1: what already yeah. Fast. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then a and quiet place, a quiet place started uh <laughs> July twenty seventh. <27th. laughs> a quiet place two, part two. Okay. And so, yeah. So we so we've got that. Anything else that you guys are watching on streaming or television besides the <laughs> Olympics?
1: Um, no, I've just been watching a lot of old ZZ Top videos because uh how many years ago did I dress up as ZZ Top for the morning show? I was I was actually Dusty Hill because John Hewlett was Billy Gibbons because he's taller than I am. So I guess I was Dusty Hill. That's funny because well I they were like, toge-
0: they were together for 51 years until Dusty Hill's untimely death the other day at seventy two and they were going on tour. But he was having some medical issues.
1: Yeah, he actually had dropped out. He had a hip problem and had dropped out of their last show. They're supposed to play this weekend in several places. And it does. I can't find anything that says that it was canceled. So I I don't know if the other two are going to go on.
0: Well, Billy Gibbons, um, there's an article in Variety who's and he is quoted as saying we will continue. OK, so it was the same
1: guys since 1969 as a trio and now they are a duo. So I, I you know, it was very honorable that they had not uh, changed lineups. And now I don't want it to be like the who where two of them pass. It, it made sense when only one of four passed away. Because that you know they got Kenny Jones and Kenny Jones is a fantastic drummer. But then when John entwistle died, then half of them are gone, and so they're still the Who. So if one third of ZZ Top is are gone, do you really continue on? I I don't know. I mean that's I mean that's got to be a tough decision for Billy and Frank to make.
0: Yeah. And another shocking death in our St. Louis radio community is Jim Doyle.
1: Jim Doyle passed away like a week after John Larrabee passed away. So these guys that were on and they both worked for the same radio company at the time. Um, we talked about uh, Jim Doyle on the air. I have I kept having to say it was my second favorite radio station because I was actually on the radio while talking about this. So I couldn't say it's my favorite radio station while I was on another station. So I had kept having to say it's my second favorite morning show. It's my second favorite radio station. But I love classic 107.3. I listen to them all the time. They are very calming and very soothing. And they have specialty shows. In fact, I heard the Who Leonard Slatkin plays songs off of his iPad and he played The Who one day. Um, but Jim Doyle was their morning show guy. But for a long time, for decades, he was afternoons on KZK. He was at WMRY. He was on 103.3 when it was KMOX FM. Uh, he was on Katie in the 70s. So Jim Doyle is, I said, radio royalty, radio legend here in St. Louis. And it's very sad. He had a heart attack while swimming, while he was on vacation. And it's just very sad. And I'm going to, uh, I will be there to support the Doyle family. It is, I I will miss Jim because he was also a very, very nice guy.
0: He was one of the nicest guys in radio. He, uh, I interviewed him when he and Mark Close did the morning show at WMRY back in 1987 for the Belleville news Democrat. And then I wrote a radio column about St. Louis radio for radio digest. And then that went dark. And then I moved over to the St. Louis journalism review with the AM FM column for, mm-hmm. from 2000 to 2004. And I wrote about Jim Doyle no longer being at KZK. And I called him and talked to him and he still remembers. Cause I saw him just a couple of months ago when he goes, you were the first person to call and listen to me talk about everything that happened. And he never forgot that, that I was, uh, you know, and so that really made me feel good, but he was the nicest guy. He is. He was close friends with Ron Stevens, Ron and his wife Joy just saw Jim a couple of weeks ago and Jim and his wife, they were on vacation in Florida and uh, I'm not sure if their son Seamus was with them, but it's just sad because, first of all, it's vacation. And then it's Jim Doyle.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like John Larrabee was a little older than Jim, but that's yeah, also.
0: He, he was he, Y98.
1: Right. And but they were all owned by the same people it was KMWX, Y98 and KZK. They were all in that same cluster. And so people around here at the radio station today are like, uh watch your back. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that would be disconcerting. Well, people are just, you know, radio, as you know, Carl, radio different. And people that were household names are now uh, at that age where mm-hmm. their life expectancy is not.
1: Maybe you shouldn't have done all those drugs in the 70s, young man. <laughs> but that's I'm not like, that's not what. Yeah, no,
0: was. no. These are old. I mean, these are guys dying when they're older. Right you know? So Alex, you doing anything in St. Louis or now that we're masking up again, he's playing it safe.
3: Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I went to the green night. That was the first time I had been in a theater since the pandemic started. How did it feel? Um, I mean, I think fine. <laughs> it was, I'm still getting used to it because I'm, I'm concerned about the, the news yesterday that right. vaccinated people might I mean, they don't know for sure, but they might be able to spread it very efficiently still. So that, that makes me more worried. But uh, yeah, the yeah.
0: CDC reports today not necessarily good. Well, the concert at Bush Stadium, Zach Brown, the Welcome Back concert with the Zach Brown Band and Sam Hunt for August 13 has been canceled.
1: Yes. That was supposed to be the Welcome Back S- DL concert now i'm going to be out at hollywood casino amphitheater this weekend for black crows and i will see how that is going to be uh but that's outside but then again bush stadium would have been outside too so you know i mean
3: outside it should be a lot safer
1: i, I hope think, yeah. it, it will be
0: yeah and then you're seeing the foo fighters on on
1: tuesday Tuesday on foos day alex where can we find you on the social media sir
3: uh you can find me on twitter at gdog mcp um and i writing for lindsight pop Life stl um cultured vultures um the Indie pendant and, and a new one a new one i'm training to become a features writer at, at screen Rent at the moment so excellent Um, hopefully I'll have some more articles there as well soon. And yeah, well done, sir. Yes. Very
1: good. Very good. (laughs) Look for you there soon. You can find me at underscore Carl the intern on Instagram and Twitter. And you know what? I'm going to put up that picture of all of us as ZZ top this weekend. Also, uh, you can find me, uh, I'm doing the Mark Cox morning show, for the next couple of weeks on 97.1, it was the Ryan Recker show this week, but it's Mark Cox when he returns next Thursday. So Lynn, where can we find you young lady?
0: I am in the Webster Kirkwood times. I am on KTRS every Thursday night, right after the 10 PM news with Ray Hartman in Miller furniture presents. Lynn Venhouse goes to the movies. And new this summer, I am doing the uh, morning after Muni openings with Wendy Weiss and Jennifer Blom on KTRS. This week, Wednesday at 1135, I'll be talking about the sound of music. All right. And I have my website and we have this. Our podcast is now called
1: poplifestl.com presents. And if you know that, you're listening to it right now. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Stay safe. Yes. So long. Bye.